Thank you, Jesus. As I was sitting there, um, the Lord just dropped something into my, into my spirit. I want to speak on the three realities of the resurrection. Of course, there could be more, but uh, we're going to talk about three this morning. First of all would be the, uh, the reality of the historical resurrection. Jesus did not just resurrect. The youth are dismissed. So the reality of the historical resurrection and the, the importance of that is that uh, the scripture says that unless you, you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Not just resurrected in a spiritual sense, but resurrected in a physical sense. The other reality is how God sees the resurrection. And the uh, third thing that we want to talk about would be the reality of how it affects us today, how it moves us today. Uh, because we have to uh, view, the, view the resurrection as more than just a historical fact. We have to see it as how God sees it and how it moves us. Reminds me of a song, uh, George Harrison, but uh, there's something in the way you move me attracts me like no other lover. Something in the way you move me. Anyway, I don't want to leave you now. You know I believe in how. Anyway, thank you, Lord. So we, uh, our belief uh, today in the resurrection is not just our historical belief of what has happened, but also what it is doing in our lives today. Uh, I would like for us to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I want to just uh, share from beginning in verse 1. It says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which you also received and in which you stand. So you not only receive the gospel, but you stand in the gospel. Verse 2, he says, By which... You also are saved, sozo, not just saved from the pit of hell, even though that's very important, but you are saved, sozo, that the Greek word sozo, saved, healed, delivered, prospered, all that salvation entails belongs to us. We not only stand in it, but we receive, uh, we receive from it today. He says, if you hold fast that word which I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. What do we base our faith on? We believe in the not only the, uh, the New Testament scriptures, but we also see that throughout the Old Testament, if we read our Old Testament, we see the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ in 
the Old Testament. He goes on to say, and that, and that he was seen by Kephas, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remains to the present, but some have fallen asleep. And then he goes on. He goes on. The proof of the resurrection is not only because of what the scriptures say. The proof of the resurrection is also in the response of the believers at that time. Yeah. Who is going to stand up for a lie? Right. Who is going to stand up for a fairy tale? The 11, uh, the 11 uh, originals, we know that Judas uh, killed himself, but the 11 original disciples and apostles stood in faith. And these are the ones that were propagating the gospel. They were propagating the resurrection at the peril of their own lives. They weren't getting book sales. They were not getting large offerings. There was nothing that they were benefiting from in the natural they were benefiting from the grace and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ upon them at the time. So just by them standing and not, uh, and not giving up, we know that they actually saw the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So what is our belief? What is, you know, uh, the scripture says that unless we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in our hearts that God raised us from the dead. How many of you know that there's two parts of our inner man? Mm -hmm. There's the spirit man and there's the soulish man. In our salvation, immediately our spirit man is born again, saved, sanctified, and resurrected. But also, we know that we have a soul that has to continually be renewed. Continually be renewed. Hallelujah. Now, if you don't have any problems uh, with your mind, then you're a lot farther along than I am. <laughs> Hallelujah. I have to continually remind my mind that I am victorious in Christ. I have to continually remind my mind, remind my mind, that I am victorious over death, hell, and the grave. I have to continually remind my mind that Satan is under my feet. And so with that in mind, um, your internal attitude or belief will attract either the blessing of God or restrict the flow. You say, well, brother, that's a little hard. Well, have you read James chapter 1? It says in James chapter 1, the double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. The double-minded man is one that believes, and then he doubts. He believes, then he doubts. He believes. Now, that doesn't, now just because you struggle doesn't mean doesn't mean that, you, that you've fallen out of grace. The reality that we struggle, we struggle, but yet we overcome those thoughts through the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. But I don't want to restrict the flow. 
I don't want to restrict the flow of the resurrection. One of the ways we restrict the flow of the resurrection is just thinking that it's a, it is a historical event only. It is a historical event, but we also know that the, that the resurrection is not just an event. It is a person. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. How many of you, how many of you have Jesus in your heart? Yeah. We used to sing, since Jesus came into my heart, since Jesus came into my heart, floods of joy or my soul like a sea billows roll, since Jesus came into my heart. Now, in the Baptist church, the song leader didn't dance. He wouldn't be the song leader next week. But anyway, <laughs> he, did, uh, he did fluctuate his voice, though. Very powerful. So with, our, with that internal attitude, we have to realize that God is too good for us to comprehend with our mind. If all, you, if all you have is your mind to figure out God, you are way below the scale. God says, I do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think, but he also reveals his goodness to your spirit by his spirit. A lot of you have heard this at funerals, but the eye has not seen nor ear heard, nor enter into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love them. He usually stops there, but the rest of the scripture says, but God has revealed them to us by his spirit. So we not only try to figure out the goodness of God in our mind, if, we, if, that's, if that's where we stop, then every trial that we run up against, we're wondering whether God really loves us. Every temptation, does God really love us? Every disappointment, does God really loves us? But the reality is when, when we are convinced by the revelation of Jesus Christ in our heart and the goodness of God, then no matter what comes our way, we are able to stand strong because we have a revelation of his goodness into our spirit man. Again, only using our mind... Minds will restrict our openness to receive the goodness of God. If we only use our mind to, to believe, now we use our minds. I'm not, I'm not saying we don't use our minds, but if we only use our mind, then we, uh, like I said, every trial that comes up, then we wonder. Ooh, said it makes me wonder. Anyway, <laughs> Romans chapter 1. Beginning in verse 1, it says, Paul, a servant of the Lord of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power. Say, with power. power. How many of you know that God didn't uh, pull the plug on the power after Jesus was resurrected from the dead? He didn't go hit the main switch after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The main switch and the power still on. 
He says, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. The, the resurrection of Jesus Christ was a demonstration of the power of God. Now, here's a shift that I, want, that I want us to move into, is that we have to also see it from God's viewpoint. Everything Jesus did was only for you and the world. There was nothing that Jesus did in the, in, the, in the suffering, in the passion, in the redemption that was for himself. Everything he did was for you and the world. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes, we are healed. As a matter of fact, when he stood before Pilate being accused of everything, Pilate said, who was the examiner, he said three over three or three times, I find no fault in him. I find no fault in him. So why did he have to go through it? Because of our fault. Because of our transgression, because of our sin, because of our wickedness. You mean me, wicked? You don't know. I, I've, I've been going to church all my, I don't care if you, you know, just because you live in the garage doesn't make you a car. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just because you live in the hangar doesn't make you an airplane. Hallelujah. It's who lives in you, not where you live. Thank you, Jesus. Well, in Romans chapter 8 and verse 11, just want to make this statement before I read it. The resurrection power hasn't quit. He says, but if the same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead will also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Going back to the previous scripture, again, declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead. So that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. He quickens, He makes alive our mortal body. Now the truth of the matter is, he's not, He is speaking about the resurrection of your body when Jesus comes back, how many of you know that if Jesus tarries, some of us are going to be in the, our bodies are going to be in the ground. But when Jesus comes, those bodies are going to be resurrected yes. to newness of life. We're going to have resurrected bodies. We're going to be, we're going to be able to walk through walls like Jesus did. You remember when uh, in Luke it was, the, the disciples were hiding for fear of the Jews. Jesus comes through the wall. He, he appears to them. And then he says, do you have something to eat? <laughs> and then he says, well, he says, the spirit has not flesh and bone. Now here's the thought. He eats this fish and honeycomb. And then he goes through the wall again. How did that fish and honeycomb get through? Anyway. <laughs> 
The reality is, is whatever the resurrection power touches, it changes. I believe that resurrection spirit lives on the inside of you and whatever it touches, it transforms. I don't have to wait until Jesus comes back to have a transformation power to change me and also to change the, that which is around me. And the same for you, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. But God sees the resurrection in a different way than we do because we're only just looking at what happened to Jesus, but God looks at what happens to you, what happened to you. The scripture says that we are crucified with Christ. In Romans, it says that we died with Christ, we were buried with Christ, and we are raised with Christ. So in God's mind, it wasn't just Jesus on the cross, it was you on the cross. You were on the cross. There's this old, uh, old Negro spiritual were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Oh, sometimes it causes me to tremble, tremble, tremble. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Yes, you were there. You ought to tremble because you should see yourself with Christ on the cross. You should see yourself dead with Christ. You should see yourself buried with Christ. And you should see yourself resurrected with Christ in newness of life. The reality is, if we think on our reality, we live at a lower level. We live in a lower reality. If we think in God's reality, we come up to a higher level and a higher reality. Yes. Yeah, but get rid of that. <laughs> get rid of your but and get in with God's thoughts, with God's plan, with God's purpose. Thank you, Jesus. So he says, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he will quicken. Quicken means to make alive your mortal bodies by the spirit who dwells in you. Thank you, Jesus. The benefit of the resurrection power is here to transform our bodies right now. But one of the things that, uh, that we need to be aware of is we need to constantly remind ourselves of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Yes. We need to constantly remind ourselves that He is here with us. I was reading, uh, I was reading through uh, Luke yesterday, and there was something that stuck out to me. No, it wasn't Luke. I think it was John. What stuck out to me was John's, John gave a testimony. He said, I saw the Spirit of God come upon him and remain. And then in the next verse, it also, it's the same thing as repeated. This, I, the Spirit of God, uh, God, well, God told John, when you see the Spirit of God come on someone and remain, then you'll know it's him. 
The reality is, is we've got to be aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit and do everything in our, in our power not to shoo him off. You say, well, he'll never leave me nor forsake me. I know he never leaves me nor forsakes me, but sometimes he can get real quiet. Well, when he's not talking, he's talking. Yeah, but I like it better when he is talking. <laughs> I like it better when I, when, I, when I feel his presence, when I know his presence, when I see his power. I like it better. And the scripture says, I'll not read it because we almost quote it every week, but it says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption, which is found in Ephesians chapter 4, which deals with our relationships with each other. Mm. You know, we can say, oh, I, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, oh, my Leave me alone. I'm trying to, don't you see, I'm trying to worship. <laughs> you know, we get so spiritual. And then if somebody interrupts our, our thing, then man, we just go off on them. Well, maybe we're not doing that at church because we don't want anybody to see us get upset. But yeah, that's why we turn the lights out. So you can just, <laughs> you can just be free to worship the Lord. But how about on Monday? God sees that as a worship service. God sees the worship service continue as you're riding home in the vehicle. God sees the worship service when you don't think you're worshiping. Are we, are we grieving the Holy Spirit of God or are we welcoming the Holy Spirit of God? Well, He is the Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Are we making Him welcome? In Romans chapter 4, 25, it says this. It says, He who was delivered for our offenses and was raised for our justification. The resurrection of Jesus Christ tells you, you are all right with God. See, everything he did was for you. It wasn't just raising Jesus from the dead. It's raising you from the dead. If God wasn't satisfied with the sacrifice and the offering, he wouldn't have raised from the dead because you couldn't have been raised from the dead. But because he rose from the dead, you are raised now. Hallelujah. You are raised from the dead right now. Tell your, tell your face that. Face, I've got good news for you. You are raised from the dead. Leg, I got good news from you. You're raised from the dead. <laughs> Hands, I got good news from you, for you. You're raised from the dead. Hallelujah. Feet, I got good news for you. You are raised from the dead. Body, I've got good news for you. You are raised from the dead. You are crucified with Christ. You're buried with Christ. You're raised with Christ. You might have to wait for the glorified body, but you can experience some resurrection power right now. Yes. 
I, uh, a number of years ago, I, I, you know, arthritis was in my family. My mother had rheumatoid arthritis. She was, she had hip replacement, knee replacement. She had every kind of replacement you can think of. It went to the doctors and her body was uh, gnarled, you know. And uh, my dad had arthritis, not, not as bad as she did, but um, yeah, I remember there was a period of time in church, I couldn't clap my hands because every time I hit my hands together, I had excruciating pain in my hands. If I'd go, uh, if I'd go up to a, a wom- woman and shake her hand, if she would squeeze me, it'd bring me to tears almost. So I just didn't, wouldn't even want to squeeze anybody's hands. I remember sometimes feeling like going on my knees, you know, because of the pain. Oh, <laughs> got to get back up. I just got to remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but hallelujah, resurrection power. Yes, God. Yes. No pain, no pain, no pain. Hallelujah. I want to tell you here right now, even the resurrection power, the healing, you don't have to wait, you don't have to wait for an altar call to get your healing. The resurrection power lives on the inside of you. Start welcoming his presence. Start welcoming. He is the resurrection and the life. You know, when we put this isn't a bad confession, but when, somebody, when, when you're put in the ground, we ought to all be standing around saying, what a life. Yeah. What a life. Not what a life. Man, what a life. What, they demonstrated the life and the power and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What a life. Scripture says, with long life, I will satisfy you. Not just stick around here, barely get along. But you are satisfied, satisfied with everything that God has brought your way. What a testimony. What a testimony to leave. What a life they what a life they led because of the power and the resurrection of Jesus Christ that was demonstrated through them. Thank you, Jesus. So he was raised. For our justification, the next, the next verse says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Any question in your mind concerning the goodness of God or his love disintegrates your receptivity. You know, um, I was working on uh, a lawn tractor, and I thought the battery was dead. So I brought, uh, I have a a lithium battery, so I hooked it up and tried to start it. Didn't uh, didn't do anything, so I'll just go get my car and I'll hook up the battery cables. Well, I hooked it up first to the dead battery that I thought was dead, and it demonstrated that it was not dead. (laughs) There was just a loose, 
I believe a loose connection. I haven't found it yet, but I know that battery's not dead. How many of you have tried to start your car in the winter, winter time, and it just didn't start? And then you open it up and your post and the cables are corroded. The battery could still be good, but there's no power transfer because of the corrosion. Spiritual corrosion happens when we, when we begin to doubt the goodness of God. When we begin to question the goodness of God, because believe me, there are things in this life that can challenge your, your thoughts, that can challenge your faith. But the reality is, is that if we will keep our focus on the goodness of God, we will keep our battery cables free from corrosion. We'll be able to receive the power and the life and the resurrection. Thank you, Jesus. So in the mind of God, in the mind of God, when Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, Christ was multiplied. You know, Jesus, uh, when Jesus was crucified, the enemy, Satan, thought he'd won. Because the scripture says that if he, if Satan had have known, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. When Jesus Christ rose from the dead, Satan just didn't have one Jesus to deal with. <laughs> Jesus has begun to multiply. It wasn't just Jesus healing the sick. It wasn't just Jesus raising from, oh yes, brother, it was the apostles. Jesus said, these signs shall follow those who believe in my name. So he just didn't have a few people casting out devils. Every believer that will believe is a devil caster outer. Every believer that believes is willing, that is willing will lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Hallelujah. So again, dwelling. Dwelling on your thoughts will keep you at a lower level of reality. Dwelling on God's thoughts raises you to a higher level of reality. I like this scripture in Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 8. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. That doesn't mean we can't have God's thoughts. But if we are only thinking or uh, dwelling on our thoughts, then it keeps us at a lower level. If I would have another, if I would have a... Uh, a title for this or another title for this, it would be take a risk. If my thoughts are my thoughts, if I dwell on my thoughts, I'm not going to lay hands on the sick. If, my th if I dwell on my thoughts, I'm not going to talk to anybody about Jesus because I don't like to be rejected. I'm not going to lay hands on the sick. Why? Because what if they don't get healed? Well, what if they do? I'm going to keep myself in my comfy zone. 
I'm going to keep myself to where I'm not taking a risk. You've heard my story before. You know, I come out of uh, Bible school, man. I'm a man of faith and power. Prayed for somebody. They're getting ready to get checked out of the hospital. The next thing I know, they're on life support. And they died. I went from a man of faith and power to a man of paste and powder. <laughs> man, I had a choice right then. Am I going to believe this? I had already made a vow, though. I made a vow to myself when I was in Bible school that I'm not going to change. I'm going to believe the Bible. So how many of you know you'll be challenged? But faith is spelled R-I-S-K. In James, he says this. He says, faith without works is dead. Well, what kind of works are we talking about? We're not just talking about being a good boy and keeping the law. We're talking about doing the works of Jesus. When his spirit says to you, go talk to that person, you go talk to that. When he says to pray for that person, you pray for that person. You are taking a risk. I remember Earl Roberts told us one time, for those of you that remember him, he says, faith is getting out on the limb, and if God tells you to saw it off, you saw it off. You're on the, not the tree side. <laughs> you got to get, get, get a picture of this. You're on the outer limb. <laughs> if he tells you to saw it off, you saw it off. That is taking a risk. That's what we're talking about in the resurrection power of Jesus. You are God's, in, you are God's influence in the earth today. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men. Take a risk. God's interested. Well, this is what God's interested. God's inter more interested in your manifesting him than you are. God doesn't need, God just needs a chance. So therefore, take a risk. You just need to step out regardless of your feelings. Your feelings are always going to be contrary to, to the will of God. Jesus didn't say, well, you know, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead, and if your feelings line up, you'll be saved. He didn't say that. He just said, he just said believe and act. Believe and act. John chapter 15, verse 7. If you abide in me and my word abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciple. That fruit comes from you taking a risk. That fruit comes from letting the resurrection and the life come through you. It's not just coming to you, it's getting through you. There's been those that have said this about, you know, finances and income that says if God can get it through you, he can get it to you. 
But I say this about the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ. If he can get it through you, you can get more. <laughs> freely you have received, freely give. Philippians chapter uh, 2.13, For it is God which works in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. Not just our good pleasure, his good pleasure. Oh, but you know, we, we got to read the next verse. It says, do all things without murmuring and dispute, disputing. This goes back to uh, my previous messages that we are to bless rather than curse. Our life should be a blessing. Every word that comes out of our mouth should be a blessing. James chapter 4 Verse 4, it says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That he is the same one that raised Christ from the dead. That he, greater is he that is in you, is the spirit of resurrection. And as, as we allow that power to flow, then we see the glory and the power of God. There's, uh, you've heard of the, uh, the Jordan River. The Jordan River is a muddy river that just flows through Israel. But then there's this place called the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is a place where the river flows into the Dead Sea, but there's no outlet. There's not a living thing in the Dead Sea because there is no outlet for the flow to keep on continuing to go. Thank you, Jesus. You might be a little muddy, but if you're flowing, praise God. <laughs> In uh, the last scripture, Romans chapter 6, verse 4. It's time for you to come out of the grave and let Christ live in you. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism unto death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, that glory is the Spirit, even so we should walk in newness of life. Even so, we should take a risk. Take a risk. You know, Katie, Katie had a little exercise this morning. Look into somebody's eyes and take a risk. Look into somebody's eyes. I remember uh, John, John Osteen, Joel's father. He said, when you look into people's eyes, God begins to reveal things to you. That's when you're doing deliverance, you tell people to keep their eyes open because you can see things. Sometimes you can see, you know, you can have a smile on the face, a smile on the face, but you can see depression in the eyes. Take a risk, look into eyes. Take a risk, bless somebody. Take a risk, ask them if you can pray for them. Prayer is... Prayer is a, a, a broad term. 
Prayer isn't just saying, oh, Father, please do something. This person's a mess. <laughs> I don't think you can, but, you know, with you all, no. Prayer can also be making prophetic declarations. Lord, I see the power of your resurrection in this person. I see their bodies healed. I see their bodies whole. I see that you are breaking off every chain of darkness that is holding them back. And I see life being manifested through them. You know, I was in uh, Cuppies the other day. I hadn't had any coffee for about a month or so, but I went to Reuben's place and they were serving coffee at six in the morning. So I figured I needed something. But I went into Cuppies and I got my brew and I went up and uh, the cashier lady said, well, thank, thank you. And I said, well, thank you. And then the spirit of the Lord came on me. And I said, I want to thank you for your service to our community. How you are supplying us with this needed brew. <laughs> and you know, all of a sudden she lit up like a Christmas tree. I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, this works. <laughs> bless and curse not is the scripture. I bless you today in the name of Jesus. Because you are, you are the, you are the, you are the example of Christ in the earth. Christ lives through you. And if anybody is going to, uh, to release the power of God, it's going to be you. You are a miracle waiting to happen. You are, you are a, uh, not only a receptor, but you are a giver of the power and the life of Jesus Christ in this earth today. And I believe that, that as, you know, and I've seen this, as I, the more I bless others and the more I step out and bless others, the more receptivity I begin to see in my own life. I begin to I begin to see I begin to see how God is is wanting to move. And I release you today to be blessers and receivers in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Be blessed on this resurrection Sunday in the name of Jesus. And if there's anyone here that would like uh, that would like prayer, I'm gonna ask the healing team to come up. And if you, uh, if, if you don't uh, have need, then, uh, then you're free to go bless the world in Jesus' name. Make sure you spread out. So if you need healing, uh, not just healing of pain, but if you'd like just prayer, I'm going to ask you to come up at this time. If not, you are released to go enjoy this day in Jesus' name.